Welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and uh, I am actually flying solo today. Uh, the Darth is off. He is, uh, he's been quite busy this weekend, so wasn't able to, uh, to get around. So uh, you can all just, you know, message us on Facebook and, and tell him how, how terrible he is. No, I'm just kidding. You know, he's, he'll be back next week and we'll continue on with all of our great conversations. Uh, before I do get into the episode, though, special uh, shout out to Chase and Michelle. Uh, congratulations on your on your baby boy. Uh, hope everything is going well with you guys. I'm sure it is, but uh, congratulations. All right. So this week we are going to go over episode 10 of Bad Batch, Common Ground, and then we are going to roll through the 13th issue of the Darth Vader comic and the 14th issue of the mainline Star Wars comic. This is still following this war of the bounty hunters. And um, I don't know. I don't know how, how much everybody's really excited about this. I will say it, it's been kind of cool because uh, the uh, the rising storm has had quite a few people on Twitter you know, kind of talking about it. So I, I think that that's pretty cool. One of the things that, that both me and the Darth had pointed out several times is that we're not really seeing a lot of, a lot of uh, the, the, the comic stuff pop off or books really being talked about High Republic as much. Um, and it just seems like for, for The Rising Storm, more people seem to be interested in it. And uh, if, if everything goes according to plan, we should be going through Rising Storm next week, which I'm, I'm really excited. I know we've both been really excited to get into this, um, this particular book, <clears throat> excuse me, which should have or should uh, be focused. I think this one is focused around Stellan Geos, if I remember correctly. Um, let me actually look that up because my brain, <laughs> my brain. It, uh, it freezes sometimes. So the rising storm, uh, let's see here. I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is Stellan Geos here. So one of the things, you know, we, we've seen of our Chris. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it, it, it should, we should actually get some, some story on Stellan. So we, we've, we've seen quite a bit about, uh, of our Chris. We've also had Elzar man and it seems like, you know, this trio, is like is really kind of like core Jedi right now, and and, and Avar is is crazy, you know, interesting because of her ability to kind of orchestrate this like Force symphony. You know, we we see her uh, in some of the battles, you know, directing everyone through the Force, you know, like a true general. Um, Elzar seems to be a little bit more of the experimenter, I guess, you know. Hey, yeah, let's just create a storm so I can like cool off this machine, <laughs> you know, just things like that. Uh, pushing the boundaries of the force, which I think is is really cool. Now, Geos, we we only hear bits and bobs about, but there was the the kind of one part when when Avar was reaching out for energy, right? You know, when the uh, Legacy Run disaster was happening. And we get this little blurb about her feeling from a long way away, uh, Geos lending energy. Uh, so this this is potentially someone who might be quite powerful, might have a very interesting story. I'm hoping that there is a, a really interesting story in, in here. And this is um, authored by Kevin Scott, who is very well known within the Star Wars universe, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. High Republic has been um, it's been okay. I, I I can't say that I'm I've been overly impressed with High Republic, but it, it's been okay. So here's here's looking forward to that book, and 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 of course the future too. I, I hope that the future is bright for uh, High Republic. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, should be coming up next week, uh, if everything works perfectly. 
And uh, to all of our American listeners, happy 4th of July, Independence Day. Uh, Technically, I'm doing a a quick record on this on July 4th, just so that I can get it out tomorrow. Uh, So happy Independence Day to all my American, uh, you know, brethren. (laughs) So hopefully you guys had a a good weekend and uh, are remembering the reason for the season. Um, but yeah, aside from that, this, this past week has been, uh, it's been okay. I've been taking a little bit of time off here and there, you know, trying to, uh, indulge in projects. Um, you know, been doing some, (laughs) some, some nerdy circuitry work for guitar pedals, uh, which has been kind of fun just to toy around. I actually finished, uh, one of my sort of first mods, uh, (laughs) which is on a, on a fuzz face and uh, boy, oh boy, I thought I screwed it up. And then all of a sudden I realized one of the modifications was a, um, a master voltage, uh, which just means you can dictate how much voltage is, uh, is hitting the circuit. And, and that can create some interesting breakup. But I, um, I had it turned all the way down. <laughs> so I plugged it in and nothing happened. Oh man! Uh, once I figured that out, I was uh, I was very happy because it worked. It worked uh, beautifully. I'm I'm very happy with uh, with that particular pedal. So, yeah, I've just been uh, doing that and trying to complete little projects. Doing some hiking. You know, me and the Darth have uh, have progressively talked about you know hiking, and then it, it always seems like something comes up whenever we want to go. But I have done some uh, short trails and so forth, which which has been very nice. Uh, still looking forward to some, uh, you know, some longer backpacking trips as the season goes by. We've been having a pretty hot summer here, um, but you know, there just been some really beautiful days, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been really nice. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying uh, your summer and uh, kind of getting back out there and and hopefully hitting hitting some normal. Uh, I know in the state of Ohio, we've uh, we've pretty much. I don't know. By and large, gotten back to normal. We're we're starting a kind of a run of um, rotations back into my office building, so we'll be starting that up, which will be interesting for people. But a lot more people on the road. A lot of people are getting you know back in, I, I think, and uh, getting into the normal flow. So yeah, I I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward uh, I'm looking forward to uh, kind of kicking this whole pandemic to the you know to the back and and hopefully leaving it in our proverbial dust because it's I think it's been a huge drain on all of us uh it's it's definitely not been a very good um (laughs) you know year and a half really uh so far seeing as is you know it's crazy we're in July already but um but yeah let's talk about nicer things uh I think we'll start with the comics first and then we will roll into Bad Batch so the order will be the Star Wars uh, mainline issue 14 first. Now, as we've been kind of talking about this series, the, the story is, is that Boba Fett was taking Han to Jabba and he kind of makes some pit stops and basically loses Han, who's frozen in carbonite. And uh, he was taken by Crimson Dawn and, and we have the reintroduction of Kira who, who we see from the solo movie, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. Now, in our main Star Wars line, we are, we are picking back up with Luke and Chewie, Leia, and uh, Leia gets a message. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, from, uh, yeah, Holdo. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, but uh, she, she gets a message from her old friend Holdo, who... Uh, man, Star Wars universe is pretty tough on her. I, I can't necessarily. I don't mind her portrayals in the books. What was it? Was it was it Bloodlines or was it Leia, Princess of Alderaan? It was one of the books where Holdo was in there. But she's been a friend of Leia, you know. I think since they were kids. Um, not, a, but not a bad character. Just a little, little eccentric. I just didn't really care for the portrayal in the movie in, in last Jedi. I just, I thought that the kind of, I don't know, just the attitude with, with Poe and everything, it just, it just seemed a little bit odd to me. Uh, I know a lot of people could, you know, tear last Jedi apart. There, there are definitely sections of that movie that I do like, 
but Last Jedi made Holdo a very kind of uh, polarizing character, I guess you could say. Um, but she's not really a big part of this. She just uh, she is out and figures out, you know, kind of where where Han is and, and leaves us message message with Leia. But you know, we we obsess over tie-ins and everything, so I'm sure there's some people that won't uh, <laughs> won't want to see her. Uh, very briefly in there, but she, she is in there. Um, and I do find it interesting here that Leia, you know, Luke makes a comment. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find exactly where he said this. Maybe I won't be able to find it, but, um, Okay, uh, yeah, you act the same, uh, say the same things, work to inspire us and keep fighting, but your words used to come from your heart, now they just come from your head. I can sense it. And Leia brings up the, it's crazy how long ago this seems, but where she was sort of held with a knife to her throat and she, she feels hopeless and I think that this might be, you know, leading into her path to, to, you know, her Jedi training with Luke. And I don't know if they're, if they will specifically mention that in this main line here. Obviously, it was made known in, in the movie and in, um, in, in, in our last, uh, last movie, sequel movie. So I, I just, I think that, um, I think that maybe I, I'm just, I'm wondering if her hopelessness is Han or losing Han, or if it is not really having the connection to the force and the force kind of pulling to her, calling to her or something, you know, in the, in, you know, old legends, you know, we, we have a lot of stories of Leia using her for force abilities and having that connection and meditating and, and trying to get better at it. And I, I just think that I think that that's something really cool. I think it's hard to do in movies. And basically all we got was her Superman flying through space. But I do feel that Leia... Leia deserved, I think, a better... Well, we also got her light... Well, it's sort of choppy. Uh, because in our in our last sequel movie, you know, she had... Carrie Fisher had unfortunately passed away, and J.J. just had to stitch in previous footage of her. So she did train Ray, but it was more implied than shown because they couldn't. They, they couldn't physically do anything more with, with what they had. It's just difficult. I think it's difficult. But I just wish we would have had a little bit more anyway. That, that's, you know, that is what it is. And, you know, I, I think that I, th- I, I wish that we had more either literature or something cinematic of the time between you know episode six and force awakens you know follow luke on his journeys and and maybe follow leia in her training or whatever but again i'm getting out of the comic and so let's continue here we do pick up with uh, lando and <laughs> they do make a couple casual references to some of the stuff in Solo. Not a ton, though. Um, nowhere in here does Chewie or Lando mention Kira. They don't mention that particular relationship. And I'm wondering if it'll come up and be like, well, yeah, that used to be Han's old girl, you know, or something like that. Or maybe they just won't. But Lando does mention, you know, Kessel and uh, makes me think about L3. So that was kind of funny. Giving a little throwback to L3. It was actually uh, last week I watched Solo. So that's pretty fresh in my mind. Now, the other thing here is that Lando is attempting to make, you know, some side deals. And if you remember way back that um, the droid that what was the stupid language that 
3PO had to get from him. I, I doesn't really matter. It's so far gone that it's so far out of my mind. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but that droid had made the connection with, with Lobot and Darnier fried his brain. Well, Lando is, oh yeah, there it is. Uh, Throwak, the, the Throwak language language. So Lando is basically turning this joy droid over to Java. And we get a little bit here with Lobot sort of popping back. Uh, this, uh, this droid is still able to push back Lobot's implants to get to the actual human. And, but, you know, unfortunately, not much they can do. The droid's already been blasted out of the airlock. They can't go back and get him. So, you know, Lando's like, oh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do something. But he was going to try and get Chewie to round about back and see if they couldn't get him. And they didn't. So anyway, um, Leia, Chewie, Lando, C-3PO are on their way to the this meeting location where, you know, Han is effectively looking to be sold, I believe. And uh, they show up sort of on the outskirts. But they also, uh, as they're sitting there, another ship uh, material materializes from the black sun and they almost run into them. <laughs> it's like another, another goofy hyperspace thing. And, uh, they're, they're brought down on the planet. You know, Chewie does a rough landing and, uh, you know, close enough to where they're going, but they have to effectively, uh, pick up on foot. And it looks like, uh, whew, looks like the Falcon's going to have some trouble. So that's uh, that's basically the end of that issue. Let's move into Vader. So this is Vader 13. Um, you know, me, me and the Darth have both really not enjoyed this Vader comic. I mean, after sort of the beginning. And uh, I think one of the things that, that the Darth was particularly not interested in were it was all these flashbacks. Now, I don't necessarily mind them as much, but they're not great. And, and this comic starts right back up with flashbacks. You know, oh, I'm going to kill the things that Luke loves because that's what I'm doing now. Great. <laughs> so um, Vader goes to, what was this? This Oh, uh, Boku. Boku, the buff hut with the uh, two, four, six, eight, like 10 pack. It looks ridiculous. I mean, it's a buff hut. I mean, what, what in the anime is this? Uh, so anyway, Vader basically, um, in quotations, makes a deal with Boku uh, to, uh, you know, eh, where, where were they going? What planet? Uh, well, they were going into hut space, basically. And again, like Vader, Vader, like everyone else is after Solo, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but on their way, they go to this uh, to this colony, and as uh, Vader's Imperial shuttle is leaving Boku's ship, it is uh, sabotaged and uh, goes down. Now I, I'm gonna kind of run through this a little bit quicker because it's not it's not crazy interesting to me, but uh, we do see IG88, and IG88 has a control panel that is controlling Vader's implants, his uh, mechanical parts. Vader, by using the force, does snatch the control panel and turns it off, and then he blows IG-88's head off. Um, I, I just, you know... So you're telling me that Vader, you could potentially hack his mechanical parts and turn him effectively against himself? I don't know if I like that or not. I don't know if I like that or not. No, I don't like that. I, I really don't. 
I feel like Vader, you know, I feel like you're getting more into the space wizard aspect of it and, and Vader should have more control over his body just by, you know, being a Sith, being a force wielder. And the mechanical parts are just supplementary to him. Hackable, hackable limbs. I mean, granted, Vader was really messed up and he got messed up again by the Emperor with this whole Exegol crap. So, yeah, you would probably have to have more more of a computer. My God, what, what would happen to all these mechanical people if like an EMP ever went off? Have we, have we ever thought about that? I mean, I assume there's some like space shielding. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a little bit meh, but Vader handles that pretty quickly. So we move on and then Vader learns about, uh, about Crimson Dawn. And Boku sort of bows to Vader, the buff hut. It's like, oh yeah, Vader cannot be defeated. And then magically, IG-88 is uh, fine. He blew his head off, but he's cool. He's back in full capacity as he is meeting with the person who gave him the job. And it winds up being Administrator Moore. The Umbaran, who uh, was you know kind of a counsel to, longtime counsel to uh, Palpatine. So, Moore has a like a council of her own with a Twi'lek and a human and some guy with a mask and a Trandoshan. The Order of the Purple Stone robe wearer people. I mean, what the hell is this? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be hypercritical. I, I, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, in later, in later literature, we never really hear about more now. Um, Masameda, on the other hand, we do. And like an aftermath, he winds up being kind of a pivotal part of turning Turn it well, a, a symbolic surrender of the empire. He becomes a symbolic scapegoat. But more, I, I don't remember any other literature. To be honest, I always thought that she was sort of more of a, a, a super minor character. I mean, she was in the movies, she was in the prequels. You know, she wore that giant blue <laughs> robe thing. It was bald. But it makes sense. I mean, you, you create a little bit more intrigue for a minor character that's probably going to be knocked off, I would assume. And I think that the biggest thing is, is this a further Palpatine plot or is it just more on her own? And I think that that remains to be seen. And I've already told you, and, and the Darth has also expressed this as well, we don't really like this arc uh, of, like, Vader going to Exegol and, you know, realizing that the Emperor is unbeatable and all this stuff. It's like, where is the turn? I think this comic missed the perfect opportunity to really explore why or how Luke gets through to Vader. I think you missed an opportunity to see more of Anakin in Vader. I think you could have done something really, really interesting with this time period where instead of just one word Vader, you have more inner monologue. Like you actually see the man behind the machine. And instead, what we get is Exegol, which I don't think Vader should have ever learned about. I just don't. I don't think it, it, it. it's good. I don't think it's a good plot device. I just think it's dumb. Uh, we get this Uchi bounty hunter guy who I don't care about. And now we have another Target Vader. I mean, Target Vader was was Valance and, and the bounty hunters trying to kill Vader. And now we have a new Target Vader within Darth Vader. You know, I just I just feel like this this particular line is really 
missing the point. But hey, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I hope that you guys actually do enjoy it. I enjoy reading them. I just don't always enjoy the, the routes that they go. I think that the main Star Wars line was far more interesting. But the main Star Wars line is like crazy slow. It feels really, really, it, fe- it feels like, well, yeah, we had to tie everything in in this War of the Bounty Hunters, but, you know, we got to, we got to wait. <laughs> you know, we got to wait for all the other ones to catch up. So, yeah, I mean, but ugh, I don't know. It is good to see Luke, though. It is good to see Luke out and doing things and, and Leia as well. I, th- I think that they've just done a lot better job in the main Star Wars line of talking about the sort of some of the internal struggle that these characters are going through because we, we have... You know, we have the the whole arc with the Dameron's, you know, Poe's parents who, um, I'm and I apologize, I'm just terrible with names, but the uh, the the mother, she is trapped on an Imperial ship, and the father's on the ship with Leia, and they're both there. Everybody's worried about each other, and that's I think that's really present. And and then even Leia, I, I actually think this main Star Wars line fo- should focus more around Leia and and why she feels hopeless. Because the whole thing was, is you know, Leia, and we've seen this in the movies, we've seen it all over the place. I mean, like, she is an action, she's like a go-getter. You know, she's not a weak little princess. You know, granted, she's, you know, very, pretty young, you know, during the events, uh, early events of all this. But the, the fact is, is that she is a doer. She's not, she's not a stand back and, and lead. I mean, she's a leader, but she's a leader by doing, which is precisely what, you know, what rebellions need, especially when you're up against such formidable odds. And I've always liked that about Leia. I've always liked that go-getter personality, you know, the, the lead by example. I think that it's, it's really, really good. Um, but now we get to see a little bit more vulnerable Leia, you know, someone who obviously is in love with Han, but she's she's losing a bit of her heart in the rebellion and she's you know she's she was attacked and she was finally bested basically because when you think about it you know leia's been captured but when she fights she fights uh, when she's able to pick up a blaster and she has her friends there it's like she, I, I i mean she's usually okay in the long run but at this point, you know, you, you have a one-on-one with a, with a superior opponent and she doesn't have the skill to overcome it. You know, whereas, you know, maybe if we talk about Han, Han maybe not, might not be the best fighter, but he, he has, <laughs> well, he has luck, you know, he, he has guile, he has skill, he has courage and he fights like a rabid animal, you know, when he's cornered. Um, Luke, on the other hand, is very much more skilled as he has had some training as a Jedi and he has the force as an ally, you know? So for, for me, Leia, at this point, we're learning that she could be bested. And, and again, I think if we explore that sort of hopelessness, maybe it leads us to her decision to train to be a Jedi. And, and take the force in, you know, so that the force is her ally as well. And so she doesn't have to rely as much on her friends, which I think is far more valuable to her as we go along. I, re- I really do. And you could even tie, you know, some of that into her political career later, which they have. Um, and, and anyway, I, I just, I think that you could really explore a ton about Leia. But man, oh man, I want a series on Luke. Post six, I want to. I I I want to. I want a whole big thing about what Luke does, you know, after six. Before the temple. Going out there and doing like Jedi crusade stuff. I think that that would be really cool. But you know, I mean, Disney. Uh, Disney's doing its thing, and we had. Um, let me actually see if I can pick up some of the 
some of the maybe stills. So there was a there was a trailer that came out here recently for Star Wars Visions. And it looks like the first episode of Visions is going to be on September 22nd. And there will be nine nine episodes. And I, and I'll be honest, I don't know enough about anime. You know, the Darth probably would be able to, you know, like maybe pick out some of these um some of these studios or, or production companies that are, that are doing this because apparently they're like, they're like leaders, you know, in their particular, whatever, um, their field. Uh, so the first episode, the duel is from, Kami K. <laughs> God, I'm trying to Midwest twang it. Uh, Kamikaze uh, Duga, who responsible for JoJo's Bizarre... I can't even talk. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I've heard of. I guess a couple of other things. Um, I yeah, God, Gino Studios. I, you guys are probably... Some of you might know what most of these are. When I don't, uh, yeah, I have legitimately no idea about any of their projects, so I'm sure they're super, super cool. Studio Colorado. I'm, I'm just kind of really quickly uh, looking up some of these to see if I can figure out what the heck they've done. Okay, well, they've done some films. I don't know don't know any of those <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff studio trigger Dude, you got to give me one of these that I I at least on at least uh know something of what they do uh nope nope I I don't I don't I I, I don't recognize any of those things that they've done Kinema Citrus. Let's see who these are. Dude, if there are any weebs in the chat, like <laughs> there's no chat. If there are any, if there are any uh any anime lovers that, oh wow, these these guys have done a lot of stuff. I don't know any of it. But if any of you know any of this stuff, we'd love to hear from you. Hit you know, just hit us up, Facebook, Twitter, TC at TC Plan Podcast, or just send us an email. I, I would actually, I'm 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 actually interested if any of you are interested in visions. I, I really don't I really don't know I, I'm not sure if it's um, if it's anything that's really gonna be interesting to me I mean we'll watch it I guess but uh, I'm not a big anime guy but if any of you have any strong opinions about um, about the uh, visions let us know I'd love to hear love to hear from you yeah I mean it's it's wild I, I don't know I don't know any any of this stuff it's it's like most most must i mean most of these things i'm sure have their have their followings but they're not popular enough for it to pop up on my limited limited radar oh wow oh okay well this uh production ig they have some stuff in here i mean at least like i can I can kind of understand some of these things. Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex. I mean, I at least no Ghost in the Shell. Uh, well, they, they've done a lot. This is a long list. Gosh, I feel really bad. I don't know any of these. A couple of Ghost in the Shell things. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Do I really need to know about anime? <laughs> oh, they've done a lot, though. So I don't know, maybe these folks will put out some good stuff. Um, but anyway, so we have, we have some of this visions and, and like I said, there was a trailer. I'm not a hundred percent sure about this. Cause like I see some of the stills and it looks like there is some, like some saber esque 
stuff. I'm actually just going to try and pull up the, the actual trailer and I'll just vaguely watch it as I'm talking about it. But, oh, yeah, I mean, after we play an ad, because that's that's what we all need here. <laughs> More ads. Uh, so there we go. Okay, let's let's pop into this trailer here. Um, but it does look like some of the, some of the saber stuff uh, looks like they're actually making it more sword like, I mean, you know, Japanese, you know, sword thing. So I get it. Um, definitely utilizing a lot more. Oh, there's like job of the hut. Interesting. Who's looking super lumpy. The, some of the set stuff is, uh, or at least the backdrops uh, definitely, definitely Eastern influence, which is kind of kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it, it it is a fascinating blend because they they do. Oh, that guy looks pretty cool. There's a everything flashes by so darn quick. It's like I um, I gotta be. I gotta be. I gotta be quick on it. We we do have one frame here that's uh, that I've seen a couple stills of. Now it look they are kind of looking like they're trying to cross Jedi robes with like more like older style Japanese robes, a little bit more flowy. Um, but we have kind of a what well, almost looks like a master apprentice thing here. But the uh, the older gentleman has uh, two red sabers. So I kind of wonder how they'll uh, they'll incorporate that if it if it doesn't matter as much, because to us red is always meant uh, meant Sith, right? Uh, oh, okay. Well, it looks like we might have a little bit of Tatooine here because we have a twin sun planet with a <laughs> with an X wing that uh, nose down in the sand and a little dude with a little R two unit. So we might I don't know. Are they gonna try and pick up on like a Luke? like actually use current characters or come up with their own characters. That's, that, that's what will be interesting to me. Um, oh, God, there's like a little Krillin-looking kid. Oh, a lot of, lot of monsters. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I think that there was a time when, when anime could hold some interest, but it, it's, it's almost to a point... Oh, there's some interesting saber uh, concept things where they're sort of like black with a red outline. Maybe this is like a kind of like a cult, cult thing. I don't know, like the bad guys. Ooh, okay, yeah, some very ooed uh, clothes with bows and stuff. I'm just waiting for the um, Kingdom Hearts with everything having a zipper on it. Looks like uh, we, we might also have... Oh, my God. It's like an anime rabbit with a with an umbrella. Oh, no. Oh, what is this thing? Oh, oh the furries are going to love it. Oh, I mean, it's literally a, a rabbit. It's got big flappy hair ears and like a tail and, and literally has like an umbrella. Ew. Oh no. Oh. Oh no. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. <sighs> well, they do say here one of the stories a story of a master and a padawan who meet an unknown enemy. Okay, so it looks like our older guy is is an enemy. Maybe he takes out the padawan kind of a cool i mean i whatever this thing is i'm i'm kind of down but like some of this stuff with the with like a bunny well, there's boba fett like why are why are we why do we need to incorporate like furries <laughs> uh, sorry to all the furries i'm sure all the furries listen to our listen to our podcast um, I mean, there, there's some interesting designs in there, uh, but this, this was one that I wasn't overly enthusiastic about. I'm just not an anime guy. I just have to, I have to come to that sort of realization, but at any rate, yeah. So the visions trailers out there and it looks like we'll be, we'll be kind of, uh, looking through that. 
in uh, in September. I mean, some of the conceptualized stuff in here is, is interesting. But like I said, I don't need that bunny thing. What, what are we doing? <laughs> I finally found a slideshow with, with more of it. So, yeah, I mean, some of, some of the stuff looks really cool. Some of it doesn't. But anyway... There we go. So that's visions. Uh, let's move on. I think we'll we'll pop into into the Bad Batch now. And uh, how are you guys liking Bad Batch? I think both me and the Darth were on the same page that it it felt like it was starting to turn around for us. This particular episode um, felt like a a bit of an in betweener. Not much of a mover, but there, there's there been a lot of Thor, uh, Omega th- uh, theories coming out lately. So that, that's been interesting. Now, we do start with, uh, with effectively the kind of Imperial takeover here of one of the Separatist planets which uh, I don't remember the name of this planet. I will, have to, I will have to find that out real quick. I'm sure they'll say it. I, I usually pop up the episode um, as, as I'm watching. Let's see. Let's see if we can, I can just find this, uh, find this particular planet. You know, I really hate the way people write articles. You know, it, it's, it's all... Uh, or I gotta get out all my cool stuff. I don't really care. I don't. I don't. I don't care about your crap. Just give me the answer. Um, Raxus. There we go. So we we are on the planet Raxus, which was a former separatist planet, and we have. Uh, I actually looked this up pre. Let me go ahead and. So we have a a new role or a new character here, the Captain Bragg, and she is voiced by Shelby Young. Shelby Young uh, did, uh, what was she? I think she was the voice of Leia, if I remember correctly, for the uh, Little Forces of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, she was the voice of Leia in the Forces of Destiny series. Which um which was interesting. It was it was kind of an interesting little tidbit there, um, but yeah, good voice. I I, I remember seeing some people retweet her stuff. You know, just like uh, you know, being really excited to be part of the Bad Batch, which was pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. So our senator, uh, Abby Singh is supposed to give a pro-imperial message to his people, and he doesn't, and they take him away. Now his droid does get away and gets a message out to Sid, effectively commissioning the Bad Batch to retrieve the senator. Now in classic imperial style... They do bring in the heavies and disperse all of the people that were sort of standing there in the square. The the walkers come in, the old Clone War era walkers come in, and uh, you know it's it's uh, this is this is the firm reality of a lot of what the Empire did at that time. They used high ranking and respected officials to effectively coerce their people into you know, living or accepting imperial control. Didn't always work out, though, but the Empire was ruthless, and if you didn't go by what they said, you know, you're pretty much dead. Anyway, we uh, pick back up with the Bad Batch, and, uh, you know, they're kind of back at SIDS, you know, after completing a mission, and well, after coming back from their prior mission. We we have this stupid uh, Mantrell mix, you know. He, is everybody getting their mix? That's got to be at the park, right? Like, this is going to be, like, 
you know, caramel corn or whatever, different colored caramel corn at the park. I mean, it has to be. I mean, it's like, if not, it's an opportunity missed. Uh, so the the Bad Batch gets the, the job from Sid, but Hunter wants Omega to sit one out. And I think with everything going on, they... With everything going on, I, 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 and kind of the importance of Omega now, which I think is debatable, I think they do want her to sit out a little bit. So Omega, you know, is not happy about sit, uh, sitting out for the mission, but uh, she stays with Sid on this one. Now, the Bad Batch is also a little bit concerned about, like, rescuing a Separatist senator. I mean... The, they just literally got done fighting these guys. You know? So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So anyway, uh, I guess, uh, I guess it kind of, well, it kind of splits in here. We'll, we'll, we'll go over the bad batch, um, side first. So as the bad batch enters, uh, Raxus, they do have a code, you know, they're intercepted by some ships, but they were given the code by the, by the, uh, droid. And, uh, you know, this droid was, uh, this droid was okay. You know, normally I get a little bit annoyed sometimes with Star Wars droids, but this droid like actually wanted to help, not just like, didn't want to, didn't just want to be a bot or just wasn't a bother, but actually wanted to help. It was kind of funny, you know, at one point they wanted to use the droid as a distraction. And then the next point the droid was like, oh, I know how to do this. And, you know, just going, going, uh, forward. So I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of kind of funny. Now, all the while, <laughs> Sid has Omega like cleaning the bar, and I did think it was funny because like uh, you know Chase, buddy Chase over there at uh, These Are the Voyages, a Star Trek podcast that I uh, occasionally uh, go on to. Good stuff over there, by the way. Um, <laughs> he had texted me. He said, you know, Omega kind of reminds me of Wesley Crusher. And, and I almost asked him as like, are we talking about like season two PSA crusher where you got the don't do drugs messages out with him? Or are we talking about like little kid kind of whiny crusher? Are we talking about like big kid crusher who's hiding a terrible secret? Um, so we, we kind of get, uh, you know, Omega's acting like a kid, you know, she's, she's a little upset. She doesn't, you know, she's, she's annoyed. Uh, and she, I, I think in a way she also feels abandoned, you know, she just sort of becomes a part of the crew and, and so forth. And even when, uh, when the bad batch is on this mission, there is a section here where Hunter is giving out orders and he actually mentions Omega. I, I think it was, uh, maybe him in tech or whatever, but it's like, you know, you and Omega go this way. It's like, well, that would be good if Omega was here. So I think even, the bad batch is just so used to having her in the unit, which obviously means that by at this point she is, has provided some valuability, I guess, proven herself to be valuable, which is, is what I, what I kind of want because like, to be honest, there's nothing worse than, than a show or a movie and you have a kid that is just like a constant distraction. You know what I mean? It kind of sucks. It, it, it's like a really overly developed trope. And sometimes it's nice to just have the kid and like they just kill it. <laughs> you know, they just kick butt. And I think Omega, um, I think Omega is is on her way. She still needs some work, but you know, they've given her a weapon. She's proven herself uh, on a few occasions. I, I just personally think that's that's pretty good. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the Bad Batch actually has a fairly easy easy job of getting to the senator. Um, they're able to take out the the captain and and everyone. Uh, things do turn a little sour, but then we have mm-hmm. to check back in with Omega, who. Uh, <laughs> apparently is a strategic mastermind. 
She is a strategic mastermind. Um, we have this. I don't. I don't remember what this game is called, but we we see Chewie playing it on the Falcon all the time, and you know it's good to let the the Wookie win. You know, anyway, Omega helps Sid win a match, and this kind of becomes a bit of a, a point at the end, but. It brings up an interesting question. So we've already identified Omega as, you know, like Gen 1, potentially on par with more of what maybe Boba Fett would be. And we're thinking that the Kaminoans are attempting to use Omega maybe to start a whole new clone generation, maybe. I think there's more to it than that, personally, because, I mean, let's... Let's just be honest, that would be super boring. And we, we discussed that almost ad nauseum in our last episode. It just doesn't make enough sense that that's her only, that's her only thing. I mean, they're, they're just trying to get her back so they can make an all-new clone army? I mean, that's, not, that's just not interesting, like, at all. So, I think... I, I, I hope that there's something more to it. But... The other thing we haven't addressed is, is she aging at a normal rate like Boba would? I mean, or is she going to have any more advanced aging? We haven't really seen that yet. How old really is Omega? You know what I mean? What Was she really like, did, was she ever a kid? You know? It also throws in relief that uh, are we going to have like a young Boba meet her? And I, and I, it'd be hard for me to really come up with that timeline, but I would assume that at least chronologically Boba would seem older at this point. But anyway, it does raise some questions. And I, I really, again, I really hope that there's more to Boba or excuse me, Omega than just being, you know, a gen, basically like a gen one. And that the Kaminoans just want to create more clones based off of her. I think that's dumb. Because, well, I don't know. Even with that, I'm not... They'd be in the same... They'd have the same problem later on down the road. I think we'll get more. Anyway. Bad Batch's plan to get the Senator out does take a few left turns. Um... They do have to uh, disable some clones. Their weapons are set on stun. Basically, I, I don't think that there was a time in this entire episode where they had their weapons on fire. I, I think that they were just on stun like the entire time, which I found kind of interesting. You know, it didn't really seem like they had had much many qualms about potentially, you know, killing other clones. And now all of a sudden they're on stun. I mean, they're getting shot at the, the clones are trying to kill them. That's just how it works. But they're now trying to be nice about it. It just doesn't make a ton of sense, but okay. I mean, it's nice of them, I guess. Um, they do steal a, a walker. <laughs> that doesn't work out uh, too much. But they are able to, you know, basically blast a hole through a wall and kind of escape out and get back to their ship. So not, uh, I don't know, not much, not much there. It, it, it kind of seemed a little bit more cut and dry, honestly, than, than anything. It was a little surprising at how easy it was for them to extricate the the senator. And again, they take him with them, and there you go. And upon arriving back to home base, they see Omega effectively looks like she's kicking Thrawn's butt. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm wondering if this guy is a Chiss, though. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention. He is blue, but he has some yellow facial markings, so... I don't know, man. I, <laughs> Omega, the master, the master of strategy. 
And uh, she's basically paid off the uh, Bad Batch's debt to Sid through her gambling. So now they don't have any debt, <laughs> you know. And again, it it, it is uh, it is kind of funny. We made mention of this too that the first person that Omega goes up to is Wrecker. You know, she basically like a little kid hops right into his arms. This, this is, uh, I mean, we kind of talked about like the potential for like dad and, and all of her weird uncles, but in this particular uh, instance. I don't know. I, I think that I think that Wrecker seems to be. I mean, it, it, I think her reaction to Hunter is definitely more like a father, and maybe Wrecker, maybe Wrecker's like just the favorite uncle. But she always like beelines straight to Wrecker, and maybe maybe it's more like you know my fun uncle and then my very strict father type of dynamic. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a funny sort of thing. She still doesn't react much to Echo and and Tech. Anyway, we end the episode on Omega and uh, and Hunter playing this this game, but they don't. We don't really see who wins. So I'm actually wondering if that will come up in in the next episode. Like, ah, she cleaned me out. <laughs> But, yeah, obviously o- Omega has been, ha- has been bred with much more. And, and I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of wondering if any of that was put into Boba. Like, can Boba just win this game against anybody? Or, again, leading to Omega being more... Was she given more? I think that actually might be the case, but we'll have to see. Now, another interesting theory that people are going on, I feel like we talked about this a little bit prior, but the whole potential for Omega to effectively be like kind of the precursor to, you know, like the Snoke clones. Um, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, folks. You know, we we really don't know enough about the Emperor's sort of cloning process. To rule anything out at this point. But. I don't know. There has to be more to Omega. That's all I'm saying. There has to be more to Omega. So we shall see. We shall see as time goes by. And we don't have that much left, in all honesty. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the Bad Batch, and uh, hopefully you guys are too. Seriously, hopefully you guys are are uh, looking forward to this. It's been a pretty decent ride. I do think it's been a pretty decent ride. So anyway, there we go. There's the Bad Batch. And uh, yeah, we're coming to the end of the show. So we have Bad Batch next week. We should also, hopefully, if everything works out, have Rising Storm for you. Next week, hopefully. Um, And then, yeah, sky's the limit. We have more comics. We've got, obviously, more Bad Batch. And then we'll be rolling through the summer and just, you know, giving content on top of content. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, Feel free to, uh, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking about, you know, Bad Batch, about the comics, about the books, about the show, whatever. If you'd like to... uh, have a theory read on the show, you know, just let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So again, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at TC plan podcast, or just send us an old uh, email 
to uh, tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. All this is down below in our, uh, you know, quote, show notes, unquote. Um, but yeah, in the absence of the Darth, uh, I, I don't have anything more to, uh, <laughs> to elongate the show out with. So uh, I hope that you all have a good rest of your week and may the force be with you.